the ricochet effect Ricochet effect like Yeah We having conversation with no moderation Love to the communities, the ricochet effect Having conversation with no moderation Love to the communities, the ricochet effect Having conversation with no moderation Hi, this is Renee Cobb and I'm Dr. Abini El and we are with the Ricochet Effect. Yeah. This is Renee Collins Cobb from the Ricochet Effect. And I am Dr. Abini El and we are your co-host. And we are enjoying a beautiful evening at WUKY and we have in our studio, very excited to have, let's introduce yourself. Drum roll. Leif Taylor. <laughs> Leif, we are so glad to have you. Um, tell us where you're from. I'm from Lexington, Kentucky. Have you lived here all of your life? Uh, pretty much. Uh, I lived in Georgia for a small stint when I was uh, in elementary, but for the most part, I've lived here all my life. And I think I've just read a wonderful article on you in a local magazine. Tell us about that. Yeah, it was Lextropolis. I met with Deborah Logan and then Eugenia, I want to say her last name is Washington. Uh, she wanted to interview me about a book that I did uh, called Big Care Charles. It was an ABC book, and it's uh, the first of many that I plan on doing. Tell us about that uh, form of art, because it's very unique, and its I just love the way that it looks. How would you describe it to our audience? Uh, I guess Big Ed Charles is more or less a preschool-based style of uh, animation, cartoon design. I designed it in mind with my children. We were just joking around about, you know, when you were a kid, the worst thing you'd be called was Big Head. <laughs> and so, you know, I started making some sketches, and then it just started evolving from there. And also, once I started getting into animation, I started realizing that preschool was actually probably the biggest genre uh, in all of animation, which nobody really knows unless you have kids. I love preschool animation. Yeah. And I just remember those times with my son long ago. Um, just, I just love the way that it looks, right, yes. and the way that they teach concepts. Yes, it's, it's, it's lively. But you're, you're not only working on Big Headed Charles, because I do want to <laughs> talk to you about the Ricochet Squad that you are working, this project that you're working on with Project Ricochet, but also some of your other projects, because you've worked with Pixar Studios and other big house animating studios. And so talk to us about all that. Uh, yeah, so uh, working with Project Ricochet, did the Ricochet Squad, uh, that's geared toward, I guess, Younger crowd, it's not quite preschool, but it's a younger crowd, and that style of animation is usually used to talk about concepts and things like that. Uh, you know, you'll see that style on PBS and those kinds of things. Uh, I've had the opportunity over, I started doing animation uh, at the beginning of 2019. I started, I saw Into the Spider-Verse in December of 2018. I decided that this is what I wanted to do, so I got into that space. And through that, I was able to meet with Disney, PBS, uh, worked with Netflix, uh, Nelvana, uh, quite, a, quite a few different places. I had my first actual uh, break with uh, Carl Jones. He was uh, the director and writer for uh, Boondocks and um, Black Dynamite. So, so I got to work with him, and that just started me on my journey in just understanding how this field works. Absolutely. So um, with your projects, now I've known you for a very, very long time. <laughs> okay. So I, know, I, I know that you were born with 
a sketch pad and a pencil in hand. <laughs> um, but you know, where does the passion come from? Where, where, who is this talent that we call Leif? Where, where does all the, the artistic passion come from, truly? Yeah, so for me, uh, it was actually years ago. I started doing art again. Like Beanie said, we, we've been knowing each other forever. And uh, I used to draw quite a bit, and then I just stopped. I stopped when I was in high school. And when I got in college, I started reading the Bible. And then I saw the parable of the talents. Even though it had to do with money, it made me realize that you utilize the talents that you were given. So I started drawing and sketching again uh, when I was in college. It was probably the year before I graduated that I just started devoting more time to it. And that developed. And then I, from that, I went into graphic design. I did that for years. I did a tech company that led me to tech. I did tech for quite a while. And then my exit out of tech was back to my passion, which is art, illustration, and animation. Well, that's interesting that you talk about tech because you facilitate an amazing coding program with Bent County Public Schools and other different organizations. So talk to us a little bit about the work that you're doing around coding and helping young people to learn about technology. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so we started Code Command in 2018. Uh, Kristen Adair, who was working with Fayette County Public Schools, invited myself and Ob Taylor to develop a program directed toward African-American boys. Uh, they weren't being catered to in, in some of these boot camps. And he was like, okay, I need you to put together a program that will help them facilitate learning, coding, and those kinds of things. So Obi and I came together. We put that together. Uh, and from that time till now, we're actually working with Taste Creek Elementary. We're doing that. Uh, we do a variety of things with the children. Uh, we work with them on coding, uh, community skills, partnering with one another, communication, soft skills. We do quite a bit of things, and tech is just the initiator of that, but it's really about building solid citizens that, you know, can problem solve and work with other people. Well, that's amazing. I'm sitting over here with my jaw on the ground because I'm learning all kinds of things that I did not know. But, wow, I mean, it's just incredible. And I really love this, that you connected that story about the parable of talents. And oh, I've been really studying that lately myself. So nice, I'm wondering nice, if nice. there's something bigger than us going on right now. <laughs> but it's just wonderful. Let me ask you, and, you know, we're going to kind of transition from tech back to the art. But you know what? Tech is art, too, isn't it? Yes, it is. But how would you say that... What you do with your art and your process, what does that do for your soul? Uh, for me, again, I'm a creative at heart. So like, as you mentioned, tech, any, anything that I do, I, I like to create. Um, you know, I tell my children all the time not to be consumers, but to be producers. And so for me, it's just something that I, I'm just destined to do. I can't help it. Um, and as far as art is concerned, it's just an expression of some of the thoughts that I have in my head. Um, I, I, I tend to, to do art that lends to positivity as opposed to any other thing. Um, and so for me, anything that I do has a hidden message behind it, uh, whether it be, you know, treating people, you know, with love, respect and kindness and those kinds of things. So for me, it's just an extension of the way I think. Well, we could use a whole lot more of that, right? What's truly important here is that you're not just an artist and although you do all these amazing projects but you're one of the artists of the urban art collective so talk to us about the importance of urban art and most importantly the collective 
aspect of the Urban Art Collective. <laughs> yeah, not a problem. Yeah, I, you know, definitely love the Urban Art Collective. You know, those are the homies. Uh, and just, just working with them, uh, it's, it's important because everybody has something different to express, right? And urban art uh, is just an aspect of the many faceted ideas that, that, that are in people. Uh, and so just working with different artists, seeing, you know, their perspective, their, you know, their journey, their views on the world, um, you know, is, is just necessary because art, you know, when art thrives in the city, the city thrives mm-hmm. uh, because people don't realize that arts drive the building of cities because people don't want to work in a city that has no culture. Mm-hmm. So it's very important that, you know, that the Urban Arts Collective and, and any other art movements are, are pushed because they, they bring energy to the city. Uh, they give people things to do. We're here now mm-hmm. because of that. Yes. Uh, you know, artists and music, artists and visual arts and those kinds of things. So it, it's very needed uh, because the cities that don't have them, their population dwindles because of it. That, that's right. And then in terms of new projects that you, you've got coming up, do you want to talk to us about any any new projects? Yeah, I'm working on, uh, again, more Big Head Charles stuff. I have a book in the process, multiple books. I'm working with some comedians. Uh, I have a, a, a good base of friends out of L.A. that I'm working on some projects with right now. Uh, going back to Co-Command, we're really trying to push that and get that into more schools uh, because we think it's a vital thing, especially when you see how much tech is taking over everything. Uh, kids need to be equipped with it, understanding how tech is going to influence their life. Uh, you know, we don't believe that everybody is going to be a programmer or developer. However, that's going to be integrated into every business. And so we want to get that out there and get kids familiar with it at a very early age. Mm-hmm. And so an, uh, an existential question here okay. is what is your favorite color and how does it apply to the passion for art that's within your soul? Now you get asked that question. (laughs) (laughs) What's funny is right now I don't have a favorite color. My favorite color used to be orange, but uh, I don't, I don't really have a favorite color at the moment. Uh, But you know, all colors, you know, all colors matter. (laughs) (laughs) No, but, but you know, as artists, you just start, you know, try to, you know, expand your palette and those kinds of things. I, you know, orange was my favorite color before I started doing more illustration. And once I started doing more illustration, I just really focus on, you know, how colors interrelate to one another to make, you know, the picture what it needs to be. What was the second part of that? I know it was something deep that I had to answer. How does it relate to your art? Uh, Yeah, it just relates to my art because I just want to, you know, extend it. You know, for preschool, you tend to keep colors bright. uh, But but for myself, when I do, you know, my own art, I tend to mute the colors. I like muted palettes. And then I add emphasis on a specific piece to draw the eye. Uh, But again, for me, there's no specific color that I like. You know, my personal dress is I'm usually in black in some degree. Uh, But but as far as art is concerned, uh, I try to keep things bright, uh, positive. And I don't know, I I like a lot of things. but, But again, I try to think about my children when I do art. Dr. Elamine, I have no art game. <laughs> do you have game? I do. I do. You I do. do. Well, that is just, I just think that's fascinating. And I admire, I'm admiring so much what I see with the Urban Art Collective. So yes. I just really want to congratulate both of you for opening eyes to a lot of us. That well, I've you're been part in, of the Urban Art Collective. Yeah, you know, I, we're, we're I agree. 
I have pulling, nothing. I have no gifts to bring in yes, this area. But no, 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 no. We're pulling people in in many different yes. ways, and urban arts um, really relates back to public art. Yes. That's really what we're talking about. So it's not about again, you know, I, when I talk about humanity, I talk about the different mm -hmm. shades of the peach. That's not what it's about. It's about public art. Everyone is supposed to see themselves in it. Absolutely. Art can change your life. You might walk past a piece of public art or even graffiti at. Uh, another level of public art and stop and reflect and you may have something going on in, in your life but through that art you decide you know what I'm going to keep on going and and of course art is one of those kind of things is, is based on interpretation so I, I, I truly believe that a lot of public artists that's exactly what they are, are trying to do with their talent is is to encourage and empower others so um, you are an urban artist because of your contribution as a media artist and life with his animation and with his facilitation mm -hmm. as well as his guidance uh, with the urban arts collective and then we have so many other artists whether they're performance artists media mixed media martial artists so performing artists um, so I mean it's art is is life art is alive and art is us Amen to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, we're going to close. Thank you so much for being here. Yes, today. thank you, ladies. Well, we've come to the close of a, another amazing podcast. I'd like to thank our listeners. I'd like to thank our guest. And as we say here at WKY, we can't do it without our community. And just keep in mind that DEIB is the DNA of humanity. The vision of Project Ricochet is to find practical solutions that assist minority youth who are prone to antisocial behaviors while discovering positive and productive lifestyle alternatives. An overarching goal of Project Ricochet is to work and communicate in genuine ways with existing organizations and groups which have a similar focus as we do. Our programming is distinctive because it provides development opportunities for community and economic empowerment. It's the ricochet effect, ricochet effect. It's the ricochet effect, ricochet effect. studio very excited to have let's introduce yourself drum roll Leif Taylor <laughs> Leif we are so glad to have you um tell us where you're from I'm from Lexington Kentucky have you lived here all of your life uh pretty much uh I lived in Georgia for a small stint when I was uh in elementary but for the most part I've lived here all my life and I think I've just read a wonderful article on you in a local magazine tell us about that yeah, it was Lextropolis. I met with Deborah Logan and then Eugenia, I want to say her last name is Washington. Uh, she wanted to interview me about a book that I did uh, called Big Hair Charles. It was an ABC book, and it's uh, the first of many that I plan on doing. Tell us about that uh, form of art, because it's very unique, and its I just love the way that it looks. How would you describe it to our audience? Uh, I guess Big Ed Charles is more or less a preschool-based style of uh, animation, cartoon design. 
I designed it in mind with my children. We were just joking around about, you know, when you were a kid, the worst thing you'd be called was Big Head. <laughs> and so, you know, I started making some sketches and then it just started evolving from there. And also, once I started getting into animation, I started realizing that preschool was actually probably the biggest genre uh, in all of animation, which nobody really knows unless you have kids. I love preschool animation. And I just remember those times with my son long ago. Um, I just love the way that it looks, right, and the way that they teach concepts. Yes, it's it's lively. But you're you're not only working on Big Headed Charles, because I do want (laughs) to... talk to you about the Ricochet Squad that you are working, this project that you're working on with Project Ricochet, but also some of your other projects because you've worked with Pixar Studios and other big house animating studios. And so talk to us about all that. Uh, Yeah, so uh, working with Project Ricochet, did the Ricochet Squad, uh, that's geared toward, I guess, younger crowd. It's not quite preschool, but it's a younger crowd. And that style of animation is usually used to talk about concepts and things like that. Uh, You know, you'll see that style on PBS and those kinds of things. Uh, I've had the opportunity over, I started doing animation uh, at the beginning of 2019. I started, I saw Into the Spider-Verse in December of 2018. I decided that this is what I wanted to do. So I got into that space. And through that, I was able to meet with Disney, PBS, uh, worked with Netflix, uh, Nelvana, uh, quite, a, quite a few different places. I had my first actual uh, break with uh, Carl Jones. He was uh, the director and writer for uh, Boondocks and um, Black Dynamite. So, so I got to work with him, and that just started me on my journey in just understanding how this field works. Absolutely. So, um, with your projects, now I've known you for a very, very long time. <laughs> okay, so I know I, I know that you were born with a sketch pad and a pencil in hand. Um, but you know, where does the passion come from? Where, where, who is this talent that we call Leif? Where, where does all the the artistic passion come from? Truly. Yeah. So for me. Uh, it was actually years ago I started doing art again. Like Beanie said, we, we've been knowing each other forever. And uh, I used to draw quite a bit, and then I just stopped. I stopped when I was in high school. And when I got in college, I started reading the Bible. And then I saw the parable of the talents. Even though I had to do it money, it made me realize that you utilize the talents that you were given. So I started drawing and sketching again uh, when I was in college. It was probably the year before I graduated that I just started devoting more time to it. And that developed. And then I, from that, I went into graphic design. I did that for years. I did a tech company that led me to tech. I did tech for quite a while. And then my exit out of tech was back to my passion, which is art, illustration, and animation. Well, that's interesting that you talk about tech because you facilitate an amazing coding program with Fayette County Public Schools and other different organizations. So talk to us a little bit about the work that you're doing around coding and helping young people to learn about technology. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so we started Code Command in 2018. Uh, Kristen Adair, who was working with Fayette County Public Schools, invited myself and Obi Taylor to develop a program directed toward African-American boys. Uh, they weren't being catered to in, in some of these boot camps. And he was like, okay, I need you to put together a program that will help them facilitate learning, coding, and those kinds of things. So Obi and I came together. We put that together. Uh, and 
from that time till now, we're actually working with Taste Creek Elementary. We're doing that. Uh, we do a variety of things with the children. Uh, we work with them on coding, uh, community skills, partnering with one another, communication, soft skills. We do quite a bit of things, and tech is just the initiator of that, but it's really about building solid citizens that you know can problem solve and work with other people. Well, that's amazing. I'm sitting over here with my jaw on the ground because I'm learning all kinds of things that I did not know. But wow. I mean, it's just incredible. And I really love this, that you connected that story about the parable of talents. I've been really studying that lately myself. So I'm wondering if there's something bigger than us going on right now. (laughs) But it's just wonderful. Let me ask you, and you know, we're going to kind of transition from tech back to the art, but you know what? Tech is art too, isn't it? But how would you say that what you do with your art and your process, what does that do for your soul? Uh, For me, again, I'm a creative at heart. So as you mentioned, tech, any, anything that I do, I, I like to create. Um, you know, I tell my children all the time not to be consumers, but to be producers. And so for me, it's just something that I, I'm just destined to do. I can't help it. Um, and as far as art is concerned, it's just an expression of some of the thoughts that I have in my head. Um, I, I, I tend to, to do art that lends to positivity as opposed to any other thing. Um, and so for me, anything that I do has a hidden message behind it, uh, whether it be, you know, treating people, you know, with love, respect and kindness and those kinds of things. So for me, it's just an extension of the way I think. Well, we could use a whole lot more of that, right? What's truly important here is that you're not just an artist and although you do all these amazing projects, but you're one of the artists of the Urban Art Collective. So talk to us about the importance of urban art and, most importantly, the collective aspect of the Urban Art Collective. (laughs) Yeah, not a problem. Yeah, you know, definitely love the Urban Art Collective. You know, those are the homies. Uh, and just just working with them, uh, it's it's important because everybody has something different to express, right? And urban art uh, is just an aspect of the many faceted ideas that 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 are in people. Uh, and so, just working with different artists, seeing you know their perspective, their you know their journey, their views on the world, um, you know, is is just necessary because art. You know, when art thrives in the city, the city thrives Mm -hmm. uh, because people don't realize that arts drive the building of cities because people don't want to work in a city that has no culture. Mm -hmm. So it's very important that, you know, that the Urban Arts Collective and and any other art movements are are pushed because they they bring energy to the city. Uh, They give people things to do. We're here now mm-hmm. because of that, yes. uh, you know, artists and music, artists and visual arts and those kinds of things. So it's, it's very needed uh, because the cities that don't have them, their population dwindles because of it. That, that's right. And then in terms of new projects that you, you've got coming up, do you want to talk to us about any any new projects? Yeah, I'm working on, uh, again, more Big Head Charles stuff. I have a book in the process, multiple books. I'm working with some comedians. Uh, I have a, a, a good base of friends out of L.A. that I'm working on some projects with right now. Uh, going back to Co-Command, we're really trying to push that and get that into more schools uh, because we think it's a vital thing, especially when you see how much tech is taking over everything. Uh, kids need to be equipped with it, understanding how tech is going to influence their life. Uh, you know, we don't believe that everybody 
everybody is going to be a programmer or developer. However, that's going to be integrated into every business. And so we want to get that out there and get kids familiar with it at a very early age. Mm -hmm. And so an, uh, an existential question here okay. is what is your favorite color and how does it apply to the passion for art? That's within your soul. Now you get asked that question. <laughs> What's funny is right now I don't have a favorite color. My favorite color used to be orange, but uh, I don't I don't really have a favorite color at the moment. Uh, but, you know, all colors, you know, all colors matter. Yeah, but, that's right. <laughs> no, but, but, you know, as artists, you just start, you know, try to, you know, expand your palette and those kinds of things. I, you know, orange was my favorite color before I started doing more illustration. And once I started doing more illustration, I just really focus on, you know, how colors interrelate to one another to make, you know, the picture what it needs to be. What was the second part of that? I know it was something deep that I had to answer. So how does it relate to your art? Uh, yeah, it just relates to my art because I just want to, you know, extend it. You know, for preschool, you tend to keep colors bright. Uh, but, but for myself, when I do, you know, my own art, I tend to mute the colors. I like muted palettes. And then I add emphasis on a specific piece to draw the eye. Uh, but again, for me, there's no specific color that I like. You know, my personal dress is I'm usually in black in some degree. Uh, but, but as far as art is concerned, uh, I try to keep things bright, uh, positive, And I don't know. I, I like a lot of things. But, but again, I try to think about my children when I do art. Dr. Elamine, I have no art game. <laughs> Do you have game? I do. I do. You I do. do. Well, that is just, I just think that's fascinating. And I admire, I'm admiring so much what I see with the Urban Art Collective. So yes. I just really want to congratulate both of you for opening eyes to a lot of us. That well, I've you're been part of the Urban Art Collective. Yeah, you know, I, I, we're, we're I agree. I have pulling. nothing, I have no gifts to bring in this yes. area. <laughs> well, yeah, no, no, no. We're pulling people in in many different yes. ways. And urban arts um, really relates back to public art. Yes. That's really what we're talking about. So it's not about, again, you know, I, when I talk about humanity, I talk about the different mm -hmm. shades of the peach. That's not what it's about. It's about public art. Everyone is supposed to see themselves in it. Absolutely. Art can change your life. You might walk past a piece of public art or even graffiti at, uh, another level of public art and stop and reflect and you may have something going on in, in your life but through that art you decide you know what I'm going to keep on going and and of course art is one of those kind of things that's, it's based on interpretation so I, I, I truly believe that a lot of public artists that's exactly what they are, are trying to do with their talent is is to encourage and empower others so um you are an urban artist because of your contribution as a media artist and life with his animation and with his facilitation mm -hmm. as well as his guidance uh, with the urban arts collective and then we have so many other artists whether they're performance artists media mixed media martial artists so performing artists um so i mean it's art is is life art is alive and art is us Amen to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, we're going to close. Thank you so much for being here. Yes, today. thank you, ladies. Well, we've come to the close of a, another amazing podcast. I'd like to thank our listeners. I'd like to thank our guests. And as we say here at WKY, we can't do it without our community. And just keep in mind that DEIB is the DNA of humanity. 
The vision of Project Ricochet is to find practical solutions that assist minority youth who are prone to antisocial behaviors while discovering positive and productive lifestyle alternatives. An overarching goal of Project Ricochet is to work and communicate in genuine ways with existing organizations and groups which have a similar focus as we do. Our programming is distinctive because it provides development opportunities for community and economic empowerment. It's the Ricochet Effect, Ricochet Effect. Ricochet effect, ricochet effect.